Hi, how's it going over there? Is your new year giving you all that fresh start energy that you desired and more? I certainly hope so. I'm really excited about the year ahead, and I have some really exciting content lined up to share with you. Honestly, it is hard to wait to roll it out on a weekly basis. I just want to share it all with you now, but uh, I'm holding back. I know how to do this. You do it on a weekly basis, Emily, weekly basis. Okay. For those of you who are brand new here, my name is Emily Aborn. I'm the host of this podcast, the She Built This Podcast. I'm also a content writer. I basically live my life to write blogs, social media posts, emails, website copy, bios, all the stuff that nightmares are made of for my clients and many others. And yet it brings me such sweet, sweet satisfaction and joy to do it. You can learn more about me at emilyaborn.com and more about She Built This at shebuiltthis.org. She Built This is this podcast, and it's also a whole community of people just like you, and we welcome you with open arms to join us at any time and get in on the action with other entrepreneurs and professionals who are building their dreams one day at a time. Okay. Enough of the introductions. As promised, today I am actually going to start off the show with a little tiny content insight or tidbit. I'm going to start doing that in some of my shows. If you missed it last week or maybe the week before, I did say that I would be adding in like a little word fun each week and it might come in the form of a new word or a phrase that I think you should learn. Uh, it might be a quick and easy tip on improving your content or just something content related, but it could also apply to business overall. So today is a question. Today is food for thought. And today is my two cents on it. If I had to guess, I would bet that a lot of you listening have significantly full email inboxes. And the reason that I'm making this wager is because when most people see mine, they sort of marvel in awe. So I'm taking it as a as a signal that it's not exactly normal to be how I am with my inbox. I like my inbox at inbox zero, at least by the end of the day, or um, by the end of the week at, at the least. So I think that most people deal with a pretty significant amount of email. Most people have a lot of email in their inboxes. Given that you may likely have an inbox that's ever burgeoning, how do you feel when you get an email introduction? I just want you to think about that. Specifically, let's say a very general, no context provided email introduction. I'm not a fan. These make me feel very anxious. <laughs> Let me give you an example of what I mean. Hey, Emily and so-and-so. Emily is a content writer and the owner of She Built This and a podcast host of the She Built This podcast. So-and-so, you do this and this and this. Here's Emily's website. Here's your website. I think you'll hit it off. Happy connecting. Bye. Then the third party just like leaves you to talk amongst yourselves and figure out the connection point from there. And I imagine that for some people, this is fine. It probably doesn't cause you great angst at all, but it makes me feel very uncomfortable. It's like being at a cocktail party, having a conversation with somebody, and then they pull in a third person and are like, oh my God, you two need to meet. And then they just walk away and you have to make small talk or use it as an excuse to go pee or get more cheese and crackers. So I'm just curious to hear how others feel when this happens. I know that the outcome could go either way. Like I definitely, trust me, I've been down all the roads where good things happen and bad things happen from those email introductions. But I am a girl that loves some context and some reason behind why my name came up in the first place or what sparked the thought that we might start out connecting. So since visibility is going to be a big focus of my podcast this year and connecting, in my opinion, is a huge part of visibility, I would love to propose that we all help each other out and give each other a little context in our email introductions. Like set up the introduction. I thought you two could chat and connect about XYZ. Be specific. Or I thought you two would be good referral partners for one another. 
A little context actually goes a long way in an email introduction. And I think that for one, at least one of the parties, you're going to put them way more at ease. So it's actually interesting. I don't do a lot of email introducing. What I tend to do is I tend to refer people by actually just sharing their information with someone else and then putting it in their court. And you know what? I'm realizing that I do that because in my mind, that feels like reducing the pressure. I don't think my way is necessarily right. I think that's just what I do. So because I don't do a lot of email introducing, I did some research on it and I read a couple tips and they said that one tip is that you really should actually ask permission before email introducing people. Oh, that gave me a big sigh of relief when I was reading it. I was like, yes, asking permission, it just takes a few extra minutes of your time and it will help everyone to get clarity on the purpose of the introduction plus be expecting it before it happens. So I might also give the disclaimer every single time I give one of these little like business or content tips, like feel free to take zero of this um, and just keep winging it like whatever floats your boat. But that's it. That's this week's two cents. Just give a little context to your email introductions. And I realize that these two cents might just end up being my pet peevances, my pet peevances, my pet peeves and grievances aired. But they'll be fun. And I think they'll open up some new conversations and give us something to chat about. And I'll also be sharing them in the She Built This community as little like conversational topics here and there. So, Okay, uh, speaking of introductions, as I'm recording this, it is a rainy Saturday actually in December because I was super good at task batching as I wrapped up the year and I, and I was like preparing to take some time off during the holidays. And I realized in doing that amazing task batching that one of my introductions for my week after the Thanksgiving episode with Daniel C, it was actually like incorrect because I recorded it under the impression that we were going to have Thanksgiving with our family and it was going to be wonderful and we were going to play games. And then uh, someone got COVID and no one actually ended up coming over. So I learned my lesson when pre-recording my introductions, my intros, I don't need to predict events that have not happened yet because past Emily does not know what future Emily will be experiencing and past Emily most certainly doesn't want to have future Emily inadvertently lie to you by thinking that she does. So that's just a little podcasting behind the scenes slash correction on a previous episode. My guests and I today are also getting into some behind the scenes, we're sharing a little glimpse into what goes on in the minds of not one, not two, but three podcast hosts. We are airing this at different times on all three of our show platforms. So if you just so happen to follow all three of our shows, you would hear this three times. And obviously, we don't expect you to listen three times. But who knows? You might want to. You might want to check out the different intros because it will give you an idea of how we each do our format a little bit differently. And you might get a super fun little uh, different and spicy intro for each and every single one. So one of these faces or voices, I guess, is going to be very familiar to you if you're a regular listener of the She Built This podcast because she was on my show back in November when we talked about systems. Introducing Lisa Zerotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems, host of the Positively Living podcast, and a productivity and organizing coach, certified in time and stress management. I will make sure both of these full bios are in the show notes as well. And Lisa and I are joined today by the one, the only, Alicia Galati, another familiar voice here on the She Built This podcast. And I have also had the pleasure of being both of a guest on both of these ladies' shows uh, twice. So Alicia runs a full-service podcast management company, meaning you record and her team does the rest. She helps business owners launch and maintain lead-generating podcast. Alicia also is the host of the Listeners to Leads podcast, which if you have a podcast or if you're considering starting a podcast, I could not recommend more that you check it out. In this week's episode, we're addressing a topic that a lot of my listeners ask about, how to be a guest on more podcasts. What does it take? And also, I also hear a lot of people ask about whether or not they should start one and what that takes. So, 
Is this your year? Is 2023 your year? Your year for more guesting, your year for more visibility, your year for starting a podcast of your own. You're definitely not going to want to miss this episode because the three of us are sharing our biggest podcasting lessons of 2022, some mistakes, uh, what we're doing in the new year, what we believe it really takes to start a successful podcast, and then how to be a guest that you keep getting invites to come back, like the three of us having each other on each other's show. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And since I pre-recorded this intro, don't worry, I don't sound like the Energizer button bunny the entire time. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Well, hello. Fancy meeting the two of you here. What a coincidence. I was in the neighborhood. (laughs) Hello, hello. Should we all, do you think, start by introducing ourselves? Yeah, I think that's a good idea, especially since it's going to be wherever it's going to be. Exactly. I'm Alicia. I run a full-service podcast management agency called Galadia Media, and we help business owners launch and promote and produce their podcasts that help them generate leads, land speaking gigs, and connect with their audience on a deeper level. So that is what I do. Perfect. And I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content writer and the founder and leader of She Built This, which is a women's entrepreneurship community as well as a podcast. And I'm Lisa Zarotny, and I just walked in here and found this microphone. (laughs) And besides thinking I'm funny, I'm also the founder of Positively Productive Systems, the host of the Positively Living podcast, and a productivity and accountability coach for multi-passionates, helping them prioritize what matters and customize their productivity approaches so they can achieve more without actually having to do more. I love how we went in alphabetical order without even discussing that. So thank you for appeasing that side of my brain. (laughs) Organizing. All right. Let's start by sharing like what you kind of experienced on your own podcast in 2022 and like kind of what your biggest podcasting lesson, if you will, of the year was. I think you should go first, Emily, since you've been podcasting the longest. I think my lesson of this year, which is going to drive me into 2023, is just really simplifying my podcast. And actually, you know what, Alicia, you shared an episode on going deeper on topics and not like spreading yourself too thin. And I think I had a really interesting year of exploring curiosity in in different directions. But this year, I really want to focus on going deeper on topics that are more aligned with my, specifically my content writing business. Mm, I like that. I am always a fan of the going deeper as opposed to wider, because I just feel like I see it so many times with my clients that going wider gets you, you know, in the weeds and focused more on the busy as opposed to the productive and really making the connections that you need to do. And with everything that you've focused on and you do so well in terms of networking and collaborating, it makes sense to like dive deeper. So I love that you're going there. For me, I struggled when as soon as someone says, hello, multi-passionate life, that, oh, pick a favorite, the best thing, the big lesson. I'm like, no, there were so many. But I did come down to two that I will share. And one is just really the editing down, which I also think is is that simplifying kind of vibe, right? Is that take what you have and then cut it even more. Don't be afraid to cut it or to cut the fluff that you feel that you need, right? That was a big one. But I guess the favorite takeaway of the year is just to not be afraid to change it up like we're doing here. And trust that. Trust that as long as you are serving your audience and following following the intention, right? Your why behind the podcast, you can really have fun with it. So I think that's my big takeaway that I'm going to continue to do into 2023. For me, my podcast is really a testing ground to like try different things and see what's working and 
most of the time, especially since I'm in the podcasting space, my podcast ends up looking like the cobbler's kids' shoes <laughs> or the cobbler's shoes. Like, don't promote it as much as I should. And so one thing that I've been really kind of learning this year is to really take what I've already created, what has already worked, and then just like really being strategic about reusing that strategy instead and to like everybody's point so far, like doing less and not having to like, okay, I need to come up with new content and new ideas and new things. And once you kind of hit that 50 episode mark, it can get a little difficult to come up with new ideas. And you've already been podcasting for a year and you're like, okay, what do I need to do next? What are we going to talk about? But realizing that I can talk about the same things because things are still changing. Things are still shifting. The industry is changing and there's always going to be something new or a new hot take that I can always bring to the table. So really just not giving up, even though I'm like, I don't know what in the world I'm going to talk about today. (laughs) And I think when you challenge yourself to like almost repurpose things, it opens up like, I mean, every topic you could go so much deeper than we do. And so I think when we do challenge ourselves to repurpose things, it's like, oh, there's actually so much more goodness in here that I didn't get to last time. Also, people sometimes need to hear things more than one time. And hearing it said in a different way might be the exact thing that someone needed to hear to like switch that light bulb on. And you know, Alicia, because your agency takes such good care of my podcast that the more that you hit upon a topic and even coming at it from different angles, which is good because that's a different perspective. And like you said, Emily, you you can hear it a different way and, and then have the aha moment. But then also you catalog a group of episodes that complement each other. And that's a wonderful thing because as a podcast listener, I'm a total binge listener. And if I'm like, oh, that was really good. I want to hear more about this topic. And then the podcast I'm listening to is like, yeah, well, you can also listen to these episodes. And I'm like, woo, you know, like, and I'm, I'm off to the races. So totally agree. All right. Let's talk about like from a guesting perspective. What do you feel like this year either went really well for you or didn't go so well? And maybe something you're thinking about changing. I have some interesting thoughts on this because I went into the year getting a lot of people reaching out to me to guest on shows or guest at summits or conferences or whatever. And so I kind of had this idea that like, they're on their way, they're coming in. And I had to like, actually stop people from coming in and like guesting. And I would only take two a month because it would get to the point where like, I did three in one week. And I was like, and never doing that again. But I realized, as I was talking to my coach recently, I was like, I haven't been on anything recently. And I don't know why. And what happened. And so there's a few things that happened. One, I was not doing any outreach at all to be on shows. And so once that kind of dried up, I kind of had this expectation that it would just keep happening instead of me having to go out. And I was like, oh, wait, I I have to do some work here. (laughs) So that was the main thing. And then the other thing is that there was a bit of fear because when I was really visible, I had attracted some clients that were not a good fit for me or my company. Like if you're going to make my team cry, we're not a good fit. And so had clients come in that were not great. And I think I really energetically, I just put up this wall of like, I don't want any more of that. And so yes, I put things in place in my business to ensure that I'm not getting those kinds of clients that we are able to filter those through at the beginning of the process rather than the middle. But I think I was also putting up this wall where people weren't thinking about me to come to me and ask me to be on things. So lately, I've just been like, okay, one, I need to put myself out there. And two, energetically opening myself up to possibilities and to opportunities, even though it's a little scary. (laughs) The right possibilities and the right opportunities. Yeah, I love that. I guess kind of branching off that, I've learned that when you are reaching out for other people to be on your show or you to be on somebody else's show, not to underestimate yourself. There have been times when I'm like, uh, I'm not going to ask that person because they're going to say no. Like I'll read their book and I'll think, oh, I really would love to have them as a guest on my show, but they'll probably say no. So ignoring that and just going forward anyway and making it as like 
truly authentic. Here's just me reaching out to you like a friend. And I just read you had 18 chickens and you must have a lot of eggs and, you know, like pulling out something personal and just sending the pitch and being surprised at how many people have said yes to like little old me. It's just a good reminder not to underestimate ourselves whenever we're putting ourselves out there and asking for somebody to collaborate with us. Yes. This segues beautifully into, I think, what is essentially the thing that I tried, the thing that was just an important reminder, if not an aha for this year, is the ask. Ask. And there are these opportunities that are very you know, organic in which to do so. And for the biggest one for me is the collaborative kind of situation where I have a guest on my podcast. And if they have their own and we're really vibing, and that happened just recently, a phenomenal guest, we had so much fun. And in the end, I was like, this is a great conversation. I would love to continue it with like my productivity spin on yours. Is that something you'd be interested in? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And so it was that simple. No pitches, you know, no nothing complicated. But because we're in the podcasting realm, because we are hosting, because we are connecting, we already have that credential there. They know that we speak well, we know how to use a mic most of the time. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's like, and then if after the conversation, I might not do it before we've had the interview, but after it's very easy. So yeah, it's the asking. And I would say the other bonus one, because I always have to give at least two, right, is that and this is a thing just to be good at guesting and to be more, it's almost a more likely to be picked or easily picked is find that untapped area. Actually listen to the show, please. And yeah, so it's like, and figure that out. Like, and I scroll through the episodes and I'm like, okay, they've talked about productivity a lot. I'm not shocked, right? Tons of coaches out there, but have they talked about it? with regard to multi-passionates or have they talked about it in a holistic way that I approach it? You know, what's my angle that I can come in and say, okay, you've covered it. Just like we're thinking as podcasters, hey, let's do the same topic, but come at it a different way. Well, you could do that as a guest and it, it doesn't take that much to to figure it out and lob it over and see what they say. All right. So I think that brings us to the topic du jour. Which is because I think podcast guesting is on a lot of people's minds for the new year. But I also think that starting a podcast of one's own is on a lot of people's mind for the new year. So let's talk about like in our opinion, and maybe Alicia has the right and wrong here because (laughs) she does. No pressure. (laughs) What does it really take to be a podcaster, to start a podcast? Like what kind of person makes a good fit for that? Yeah, so... I don't know what the stat is now, but last I heard it was that 90% of podcasts only make it to seven episodes before they stop. And the reason this tends to happen is because people aren't prepared for going into podcasting. They don't have their content planned out. They haven't done the market research. They think, oh, this is going to be great. Great idea. Woohoo. Let's do it. Which if it's going to be a hobby, then awesome do your thing. (laughs) But if it's for your business and you want to be super strategic about it, you have to put effort into it. The other reason that I think that people stop podcasting at the seven point mark is that they realize how much work it actually is. So to edit a podcast, and I say edit because the direction that podcasting is going, content quality is going to be so important going forward. The audio quality, the branding quality, the content quality, that is going to be so important moving into 2023 that you cannot do less than work. It has to be high quality work. And so if you want to have high quality audio, know that it's going to take about four times the length of the audio to edit it. So a 30 minute episode is going to take about two hours of your time or someone else's time if you decide to hire out to edit that. So That's where I think people are like, whoa, this is way more work than I thought it was going to be. Another reason is that they go into it thinking, I am going to launch this podcast. I'm going to have thousands of listeners and all these people are going to reach out to me in my DMs and it's going to be great. If you don't already have an established audience that is huge, and I mean like 50,000 plus audience, then you're not likely to have a ton of downloads in the beginning. 
And I think people get discouraged by that because they think, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to have all these thousand downloads. I'm supposed to make millions of dollars like Joe Rogan. Like nobody is Joe Rogan. Stop trying to compare yourself to Joe Rogan. Okay. He's already has like celebrity stuff way before this, which is why he's the top podcast. If you're not a celebrity, then don't expect those kinds of results. I think that a lot of people just, they go into it thinking this is going to be great. It's going to be fun. And yes, it is great. And yes, it is fun. But there is a lot of work and effort that goes into it. And you have to understand that before you start a podcast. Otherwise, that's like one of the number one reasons why people stop listening to podcasts. It's actually the third top reason why people stop listening to a podcast is the consistency is not there. So if there is not a weekly show, then they see that on the dates. Or if it has stopped producing, they will not listen or they will stop listening. That is like if I had a soapbox and I just got to carry it around everywhere, it would be that (laughs) consistency is important. But I love what you said. Like, I think a lot of times we envision a podcast to be, oh, I can just be out in the backyard, walking in the leaves, recording on my phone, and then make that into my podcast. But the fact is, like, we're not Mel Robbins. We can't do that. It does have to sound good. It has to have a level of quality. And I think that With so much content being produced right now, your guests have to have a level of quality, the expertise that you're... It takes preparation, right? Like you have to often research your topic, make an outline, think about what you want to say. Sometimes it takes me like weeks from an idea to go from a little tiny seed to a fully germinated show. And I think people think I just turn my mic on and like hit record, but it's like, I have an outline. Like I've been thinking about this. It's been in my heart. It's been... I've written a blog on it already. You know, like it takes a lot of preparation. So I'm not here to discourage anyone from starting a podcast. I love to help people just know how much of a content commitment it is because from a content perspective, it's a big commitment. However, that said, I think that if you are a person who can really see how to repurpose content, like make the podcast the crux of your content plan, it can be so helpful to creating content throughout your business. And your message can be super cohesive and streamlined through your podcast. Absolutely. There are so many different ways that we can put the anchor content out that we need to, right? The the content that is going to showcase our expertise and connect people to us and develop the relationships that we need to create in order to build our business and the collaborations that we're hoping for. For me, the lens of productivity means that I say, is this a fit for you? Because the thing of it is that blogging, also a challenge, right? Now there's different technical challenges, but here's the key. When you work in your zone of genius, when you do something that you absolutely love, you're so passionate about it, it can be a lot of work, but it doesn't feel that way to you because you get in the flow so much more. That's where you're being productive. So asking yourself, is this a fit? I used to do voice work. I love being behind the mic. I adore conversations like this where you say something and my mind's going, bing, 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 bing. Oh my God, ideas. You know, that's where my energy comes from. I know this sitting with a piece of paper or, you know, with a blank Google Doc open. I'm like, you know, it just feels horrible. So you have to know that. Conversely, some people are like, I want to hide out. I don't want to talk to other humans. I might even use a typewriter. I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of like sexy. They want to write. And so, hello. Hi, you're a blogger. It's nice to meet you. It doesn't mean you can't be on podcasts. It doesn't mean that we can't repurpose in different ways. But think about where that fit is going to be because that's the thing that will keep you going. We always say, you know, know your why, and that keeps you going through the hard times. And I, I say, yes, it's the why, but it's the fit. And if you know that this is your thing, you'll keep going through the marathon that podcasting is. I think a good question to ask yourself is like, if this made me zero dollars, would I still want to do it? Like, of course, that's not the goal. But if I was at the end of the day going to come home with no pennies from this venture, would I still want to do it? So that kind of brings me into like, how you can feel out if it's a good fit before you even get started. Because I think that's where the magic lies is, well, I don't really know if that's a good fit for me. Like I know I sort of like blogging and emailing and I kind of like being on Facebook Lives, but I'm not quite sure if I like podcasting. So how do I know before I get into it? I think in one word, guesting. 
right? I mean, at least that was the case for me. And now that I think about it, that fits for for blogging or things like that as well. If you see someone, you know, with a really great blog and you can offer to be a guest writer and then think about the pressure. Like I've had people ask me, people have requested me to write something and I'm like, I'm a good writer too, you know, but it just, that doesn't feel good to me. But as soon as someone is like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Yes. No, in all seriousness, my word of the year was fit. So I'm actually being very selective. But in the beginning, you don't necessarily have to be. You want the experience. You want to be in the zone. Uh, When I first started guesting, I learned so much about the different platforms, the different way people recorded. It seemed very foreign and exciting. and, And it gave me a lot to think about. And it was like, what do I need to know? Who do I need to talk to? You don't know what you don't know, and guesting is a great way to step in and at least start a list. I agree. And I also think that as a guest, it's actually really helped me know what my quote-unquote framework is or like what my systems are. Like I'm like, oh, I actually have had this all along. I just couldn't have put it into a concise little 30-minute talk. So I think as a guest or being a guest, it actually helps you build out your own content too. So then you do have a podcast full of content that you can keep coming back to. If you're an external processor, 100%, and that happened for me, the more that you say your elevator spiel, you know, right? The more that you talk through stuff, you're like, oh yeah, that is what I do. That is what's happening. Funny though, when you said systems, I immediately went to how podcast hosts get you set up and give you the information you need and plan and calendar and all that. And I got a lot of really great information. I also thought you meant like the framework of the episode itself, because by listening to them, by being a guest, you could be like, that was amazing. That one, not so much. And you can find what you like and come with the pieces parts and then be like, how do I put together the one that's made for me? Totally. When you when you said that, like, I love listening to podcasts and how they break up the beginning and the end. And like, I'm always listening for that stuff. I have a different take. I agree 100% with you guys that guesting is so important. And I think that it is a good place to start. I think the next thing you can do, if you're like, look, I really want to have a podcast, please let me have a podcast, (laughs) give me permission. Then this is your permission to do a limited series podcast where it is 10 to 15 episodes. You have it planned out. You're very strategic. It is your core cornerstone. If you're like understand the blogging side, your cornerstone content where you can refer people to, you can refer your clients to it. You can refer future guesting opportunities. You can hear me talk about this topic on this episode. And that way it allows you to kind of dabble in it test it out, see if you like it, see if it's something that you actually enjoy doing, but put a cap on it. That way you don't feel like, oh, I have to do this for two years, five years, whatever. Like It gives you a little bit of space to say, okay, I'm going into this with the mindset. This is a limited series. You set that expectation with your audience. And then if you want to go back, you can always go back, change that trailer and say, we're just going to keep going because this is fun. Or I'm done. We'll do another season in six months or whatever. So giving you permission that once you do that guesting, you're very clear on your content, you know what you want to talk about, but you're still able to, here's your permission, do a limited series podcast so that you can test it out without feeling like you are having to show up a certain way. I think we all have a mutual connection who does this with different sort of like a different flavor. So Deanna Seymour will do a limited series as a list builder, actually. So she's growing her email list by offering 10 podcast episodes on this thing. So that was a great example, Alicia. And something else, just throwing it out there, I started doing this year was reading my emails to people. And originally, I was just doing it for, well, for two reasons, for accessibility and also to help people hear what my podcast was like through my emails. So I wanted to give them, you know, like you can kind of get more of this on my podcast. And I think that's a good way to get yourself started too, as far as like learning the tech, learning your voice, because that's the other thing. I think as you start podcasting, you learn what your voice is, like what your personality is, what your tone is, like that all comes out even more. So for me, that's been really good. And then like, I'm just going to throw a third one since we're brainstorming. Co-hosting. You know, if you reach out to somebody who has one and maybe is looking for a co-host or you get wind that they're looking for a co-host. I know of a woman who started co-hosting a podcast with somebody and now it's 
their podcast and they do a great job and both of their names are Laurel and it's super, (laughs) it's like the Laurel and Laurel show. (laughs) So I think co-hosting is another way to kind of see where things go for you. Okay. And I will add to the brainstorm and I absolutely love Alicia that you gave us permission because there is something to be said for trying by doing, right? We got to take the action and figure it out. And so, yes, when we're talking about guesting, that's the baby steps. And then when you're like, no, I really want to try it. Okay. So then what would that look like? What great advice to say intentionally, it's only going to be this long. And we all know too, that when we're trying something, when it's new, it's difficult, it's hard, that uh, if we have a cap on it, it feels so much more doable than I have to do this forever. Oh my God. You know, like, (laughs) so Along those lines, though, and I'd forgotten that I did this, it was a great reminder, and it's a little spin off of this thing. It may not be an official podcast, but it's the idea of, well, if you want a podcast and you're thinking about interviewing, where do you have other opportunities to do that? And I did a video series. It could be on YouTube. In my case, I did a Facebook series in a group because I coach gratitude. And so it would be like a couple times a year. So again, it was a limited series. It wasn't very often. And I brought in people solely to talk about gratitude and their experiences with gratitude. So that's another aspect to it. It's not only the limited series, but a limited scope. Deanna does that, like you said, you know, taking something like one topic, one concept, and then all of those things, reducing the scope, reducing the time, it makes it easier to try it out and then be able to assess and not feel the pressure. And I think at the heart of this, it's really going back to that question you brought up, Lisa, which is like, what does light you up? You know, like, I love doing Facebook Live interviews, to your point. I don't love doing them by myself. Like, it does not light me up. It takes a lot for me to sit down and do it. And then when I do it, I'm like boiling hot. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it really is going back to looking at like what, because when it lights you up, it's going to feel so much easier. Should we do a, not a mini rant, I don't want to call it, but like a couple little, like, if you want to be a guest, here are some things we like. <laughs> like, here are a couple of things you might want to think about when you're pitching yourself. <laughs> my eyes are rolling over here. Oh my God, Alicia's so ready. So before we just let her go, I will repeat myself from earlier because <laughs> I know she's ready. And I'll just repeat myself from earlier because I did mention it. So I'll say it again. Hi, it's an auditory highlight here. Listen to the podcast. You don't have to like follow and listen to every episode, but please know what the podcast is about. Know their intention. Know what the host is trying to do. Know that you're the right fit or that you can at least market yourself that way. Please. And if you miss that, rewind the 15 (laughs) seconds and listen again. (laughs) Yeah. I'm rolling my eyes because I recently got an email from someone that said, hi, sir. (laughs) Okay, wait, let's add, let's add. Don't just listen, read, read what my website says about my podcast. I get high positively. I mean, I don't mind. I'm I'm positively, positively something. I'm positively over your email already. All this information is obtainable. It's co- I'm going to spell it for you. Google. I save them because I do want to do something eventually where I show you like good pitch, bad pitch, good pitch, bad pitch. I would honestly say that it's rare to get a good pitch. You know, like typically they have not put in time to learn about you at all as a podcaster or your show. And that is reflected. So if you want an easy way to stand out when you're pitching yourself to be a guest, take two seconds and learn about the person because you're already going to stand out because so many people that we see all the time, you know, they're coming into our DM and Instagram and it's like completely out of the blue or they've just, it's just so clear that it's just like, boom, my one cheat and then nothing else about anything relevant to your show. Angie True Blood calls it spray and pray. It's as disgusting as it sounds. And I will add that it doesn't matter the details that you send so much as that you can show, and it's very obvious to us, you can show the intention between, hi, I'd like an opportunity to be on your podcast, and this is what I can bring to the table and to your listeners. This is the value I can bring versus, hi, hello, sir, I'm in it for me. I'm totally in it for me. My coach said I need to be on podcasts. You have a podcast. 
Yeah, value is so, so important. How does it help my listeners? I want you to share, and I'm not saying this egotistically, but you do need to say, like, how's this going to benefit me? Me, the podcaster, yeah, not you. Yes. Because we know how it's going to benefit you. You're getting a platform. <laughs> so talk to the podcaster about how it benefits them. And if you, I mean, this goes both ways, right? Like if you are reaching out to somebody to be on your show, talk about how it's going to benefit them. You know, sometimes it's not. Like sometimes they are truly doing you a favor. So I think that's important to recognize. <laughs> yeah. So I think if we like give actionable steps, because that way it's like a step-by-step for people. The first being, make sure that you look at their website, see if there is a place specifically where the podcast host would like those pitches to go. They'll usually have something on their website saying that. I've seen it also in the bottom of a podcast description, where it'll say, send pitches to this email. Second, listen to the show, be thoughtful. Lisa mentioned earlier that she would see that someone has productivity coaches on their podcast, but how can she spin it? How can she give something different? So don't feel like just because they've had a life coach on and you're a life coach or they've had a money coach and you're a money coach or whatever, just because they've had someone on that talks about the same things, generally speaking, that you talk about. What's your hot take? What's your thing that makes you different? How can you give that value to the audience? Third, giving value and like actually saying what's in it for the host and understanding their audience when you are saying that value. Because if you come to me and you say, I think that I have this great topic to help moms do less during the holidays, that doesn't make sense for me (laughs) at all for my podcast about podcasting for your business. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yes, it's a great topic. Sure. Awesome. Kudos. But like, that doesn't bring value to my audience. So understanding who that audience is. And then I also want to note the follow up. So often we talked about this earlier with guesting. We don't always do the follow up because we're thinking, oh, well, they didn't respond. They don't really want me on it anyway. And great. I've had people where they will do the proper procedures of sending the people through my form, just like I ask. And then three weeks later, they will follow up and say, hey, not sure when you check your intakes. I sent over a form for this person or I sent over a form for myself. Just wanted to see if you had a chance to look at it. That is a fantastic follow-up because most of the time, podcasters are busy. Podcasting is not the only thing that we do. We do a ton of other things. And so the follow-up is really great. I appreciate it so much because I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't check those this month. Oops, going to check now. Thank you so much for following up. I've sent it over to my EA. She'll reach out with links, etc. So I think that really those, I think I said four things, <laughs> are really important in like taking it step by step. I will add an example, especially of that follow-up point, or actually, I mean, it represents all the steps that you're talking about, Alicia. Someone went through the proper channels, completed the form, you name it, like did everything appropriately. And what they don't know, what nobody really knows, and I try to put it on my form to let people know, I have at least a six-month wait for guests on my podcast at this point, at least. And the other thing too is with the follow-up like that, Now, this particular guest or potential guest did the follow-up, did everything appropriately, and that actually encouraged me because when I went back and double-checked, I was like, oh, she is a fit, but I've already just covered this topic, and it feels kind of like quick for that. I don't know if I want to go back to it, and I let her know, and that follow-up gave me an opportunity just to quickly respond and say, this is great. Listen, I have six months, you know, at least before I might do something again. And also too, it's very close to this topic. And even though I like to repeat topics, I usually want a different angle. Well, she immediately responded and said, I'd be happy to take a listen to that episode and come up with a different angle for you? And would you be amenable to that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, And she did. And we had this back and forth that was amazing. And guess what? Not only did she come onto my show as a guest, but she also got in faster than that six-month period because she did the work. I was going to say, and this could be controversial, but I do love when somebody gives me like three topic ideas versus just one. Because to your point, Lisa, Sometimes I've already created my content plan. I'm like, I literally just talked about that and I don't want to talk about it again. 
But if you show me these other options that you have, you know, like I love to see options. And so for me, when I see three or I mean, five might be a little overwhelming for some people, but three is perfect Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, boom, 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 I can see. And then my brain is already starting to formulate questions around those topics because they've given me such specificity that I can just take and run with. So that's my addition to that. Okay, so I feel like since two of us have rapid roundups in our show, as we end with our guests, we should do a rapid roundup. And maybe each of us should ask a question that we've prepared. All right. Who wants to start? I had a podcasting-related one. How about you, Alicia? Mine is reading-related. In full disclosure, I cannot start because I'm stealing one of Lisa's questions and I need to see which of hers she will not be. Because using. you knew <laughs> that I would bring more than one. <laughs> because you knew. <laughs> okay. Ooh, let's start with Alicia's. Okay. So what was the last book you read for fun? I'm not going to count my rereading of Harry Potter, <laughs> which I do constantly, but I do. Uh, that's with with my kiddo. But believe it or not, I am in the process of rereading Dan Brown's books. And so Angels and Demons. I love historical fiction and I like Dan Brown. And because my whole family says Illuminati confirmed all the time to each other for random reasons, it just, it fits. (laughs) So I have a confession. I hadn't ever read a Jodie Picoult. Is that how you say her last name? She's a New Hampshire author. So I read Small Great Things, and she's a wonderful writer. I really, really enjoyed it. And since then, I haven't read a fun book, and that was like three months ago. So I think I need some more fun books in my life. What is it about? Because I don't know who that is, and I haven't heard of that book. This was about a nurse who got accused of... It's a really interesting novel, but it's a nurse who got accused of like harming a baby and she did not do that. The parents actually told the nurse that she was not allowed to touch their baby for racially motivated reasons. It's fascinating, just fascinating. So it's the whole law story of the nurse and what she had to go through. Very interesting. Last book I read for fun, I'm actually in the middle of a series called The Zaviri Mates, and it is an alien romance by a woman of color author. Elizabeth Stevens is the author. And I just, I gobbled them up. I'm on book six and I started it like a week and a half ago. (laughs) Those are the best kinds of books. And I love series. Again, binge reader, binge listener. Okay. Love that. All right. I'm just going to go in order here. So I just wanted to know who's either your your dream guest or dream podcast you want to be a guest on. Alicia Galatis. <laughs> you guys have both been on my show. <laughs> again, again. Like multiple times. It's okay. never enough. <laughs> okay, please don't think I'm super cheesy for saying this, but I really actually would like Mel Robbins to be on my show because I think we could have a really interesting conversation. And I've reached out to her several times, many ways, and she has never. Oh, uh, Mel Robbins, man. Oh, be on Emily's podcast. It'd be awesome. Let's put that out there. Mel Robbins, yeah. if you can hear this. <laughs> center this. (laughs) I think for me, it'd be Pat Flynn. I would like to have him talk about his podcasting journey because he's like OG celebrity level podcaster in the podcasting space. And I could honestly probably reach out and ask him because I've had some pretty big names on my show, including like the founder of Podmatch. And I'm about to have the founder of Blueberry Podcasting. So I would say Pat Flynn. And Tim Rossi, who is the co-founder of Buzzsprout. Him, I would like to also have my show. I literally have not reached out to either of them, and I probably should. But those are two that I think would be like, I'd love to have them on. Well, with any luck, knowing Alicia's connections, (laughs) maybe she can help me with this. I'm going to put this out into the universe. I have the same name for both questions or both sides of the question. And I can't like say the question to myself and then interrupt myself because I'm so ready to answer it. So really the answer, who's your dream guest or dream podcast to be a guest? That's Simon Sinek. That's it. Period. He's got a fabulous, you know, optimism related podcast, right? Okay. Start with why. One of my favorite books. I just love his style. I love him. Simon. Hello. (laughs) Call me. Hopefully all three of them are listening to this right now. And they're like, yes. Okay. (laughs) 
But I do believe in in a, even less than six degrees of separation. So like chances are somebody listening is like, you know, I actually think I know somebody who just sold Mel Robbins' house. Like someone's daughter I know sold her her new house. So it's like, you know, you never know who knows who. So mm-hmm. we put it out there and we can all just like sit back and wait for it to come our way now. I love it. My rapid roundup. If you, it's actually Lisa's, but I'm stealing it because it's really good. (laughs) If you had to start a new podcast tomorrow, what would it be about? I feel like you guys already know my answer. (laughs) Hmm, Let me think about this, Alicia. Aliens? I don't know. (laughs) That has to do a bit to do with it. No, I would actually, so I have a bookstagram where I talk about like book reviews and books that I like and books I, and most of them have to do with like smut. So I would probably have a podcast about books that have smut in them and reviewing them. I would love to talk to the authors. Like I have to stop myself from starting this podcast at least once a month. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I want to do it. I want to do it. Alicia, you don't have time. Stop it. <laughs> so that's what I would do. Mine on. Okay. And uh, my answer it should not come as a shock to anyone. Music. It just and and I say that kind of in this big you know category because I would love to touch upon its power and it, using it as a tool, as a productivity tool, the neuroscience behind it. Like when you have an Alzheimer's patient who who can't talk to you, but you turn on music and suddenly you can connect with them, how it's used in therapy, creating music, you know, just the kind of the miracle of it. I would totally do that. I was going to say dogs, but I don't really know that much about <laughs> dogs. So it'd just be like me talking about my dog. <laughs> well, you know, people would listen. I'm just going to say, because you're a great podcaster and people love dogs. So <laughs> I think it would be like the outtakes of life. Like I love all that like messy behind the scenes, yeah. the Voxer chats that are just like, you know, the real deal kind of thing. So mine would be the outtakes of life. I love that. Never underestimate the topic. I'm just going to say that. I feel like we should end on that. Like, never underestimate the topic. There is a podcast about Pez. Like, the candy dispenser. I'm like, my thumb's doing weird things (laughs) over here to, like, show the ladies. (laughs) The Pez. Like, and then Pez collectors. Listen, they have, like, little mini conferences. They get together. Wild. Like, what? It's a Pez. (laughs) I don't understand it. But... Never underestimate the topic that you decide to podcast about. Mic drop. That was beautifully said. There you go. Ladies, this was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Where can we find everybody before we end? Okay, let's keep it super simple. Mine is the best place is emilyaborn.com. And positivelyproductive.com. Or if you play on Instagram, positively underscore Lisa, because we have a lot of fun over there. Awesome. Aliciagalati.com. And that is where you can find all of my links and all of my stuff. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.